Let's head over now to John Bonfiglio, our Latin American correspondent. A couple of news stories uh, to hit sites over the last few days. Um, let's say hello to John. Good, good, good. I was about to say good evening, but it's good morning, John. Hello. Good, good, both good evening and good morning work, I guess, across our, our mutual time zones. How are you? Exactly. I'm very well, thank you. Um, John, tell us how your New Year was. Did you celebrate in style? I was asleep by 8pm. Ideal. Rock and roll, John. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Why on earth were you asleep at 8 o'clock? Oh, I've, got, I've got young kids, so uh, that takes it out of you. Blimey, well, I've got young kids and I don't go to bed at 8 o'clock, John. What on earth yeah, is going these... on? These little blighters wake up at the crack of dawn, so by the time by the time I get into the late afternoon period, if uh, if there's not talk radio calling, then I'm ready to I'm ready <laughs> for the out. day to end. <laughs> um, John, a few stories have caught our attention from Latin America. Um, let's focus uh, first of all on the riots in a prison in Mexico, uh, leaving at least 16 dead. Just take us through this story. Yeah, so it happened on New Year's Eve uh, in Zacatecas, so kind of north central uh mexico i mean this is one of those stories that has played out not just across mexico multiple times over you know uh years but also right across latin america where it's compounded in in mexico um is the fact that you tend to have rival cartel gangs in housed in the same prison so right across latin america you've got overcrowding underfunding all the you know all the usual issues but here in mexico you tend to have um, yeah, opposing forces. That well, a couple of things. One is opposing forces in the same jail, so people that absolutely hate each other and have sworn death on their neighbour that exi- essentially exists within a yard of each other. Um, so that is a real flashpoint. But the other quite interesting thing that happens here as well is that because of the rates of conviction and the rates of misconviction here as well, so a lot of people that actually end up in jails haven't done uh, what it is that they were fitted up for. Mm. So they're actually centres of where people who've never been involved in any kind of crime essentially get criminalized as well so um you kind of have to take sides and it's actually an incredible recruiting space for the cartels as well and on new year's eve essentially it all kicked off in this in this jail um they'd smuggled in some guns there were knives uh you know um shanks i think is a technical term and um another interesting stat about the the riot i guess was that no prison officers were uh, were injured or killed, which says to me that as soon as they saw it coming, they backed way out. They backed another, off. And it's, yeah, totally standard modus operandi. I mean, you know, these guys are on minimum wage. What on earth is your vested interest in getting involved between these two opposing drug drugs gangs? Yeah. Um, Officials again, say that prisoners fought with, uh, fought with handguns and with knives. Is that a regular occurrence? So is it generally accepted that it's very easy to smuggle in handguns, guns, knives, and, you know, indeed any other amount of, you know, drugs or anything else that's contraband? Absolutely, and not just as you're saying, not just anything else, but also prostitutes in and prisoners out. You're kidding. Uh, I mean, it, it's uh, uh, the, the, the essential problem in this context is is that across Latin America, um, the state doesn't have the power that it needs in order to be able to control these situations. So actually, when you um, when you throw criminality into a particular space what you're actually doing is multiplying the problem rather than rather than reducing the problem i mean perhaps the most famous recent example is that when a chapel was man recently about a couple of years ago um undertook his second audacious escape from prison mm-hmm. he actually complained he made an official complaint to the prison guards about the noise that the tunnelers were making digging into the prison to rescue him it was an official complaint 
that he made to the authorities. So this is just flying in the face of any amount of authority. So I'm just going to ask, why do they have a prison system in the first place if this is what happens? Oh, it's, it's absolutely impossible. And it's also one of those things that when people say, oh, you know, you've got to clamp down on, as, as I see happen all the time, you've got to clamp down on, uh, on criminality or on the cartels. I mean, fundamentally, there is no due process or um, state intervention or state infrastructure that can actually, even if you get the right people, that can actually do anything with them in order to stop these things, uh, these things happening, happening again. I mean, essentially, where somebody is incarcerated, where a kingpin is in jail, essentially, that's a nominal period of time where they continue to um, um, to run the situation. And fundamentally, where say something else happens, where the what's been termed a beheading policy, so you take out the, the capo, um, all that takes place there is that the the organisation, the cartel splinters, and then you've got internecine warfare, which actually causes more, which is what everybody doesn't want in this particular context as well, because it begins to affect civil society. Mm. Fundamentally, the problem is supply and demand, right? Um, the US has uh, a major thirst for the US and Canada, but in particular the US, uh, has major demand and thirst for, for drugs. And of course, with um, a poorer neighbor on its southern border that can provide that, it's going to get across there, you know, in one way, shape or form, it's going to get across there. And that's what's led, that demand has led to the cartels being so unbelievably powerful that actually Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, the, the current president of Mexico, just a couple of days ago in a press conference said that El Chapo was as uh, as powerful or more powerful than previous Mexican presidents. And I don't, I don't think that's an yeah. exaggeration. Is this the reason why Donald Trump essentially wants nothing to do with Mexico because of these situations? Um, I mean, I think with him, I mean, look, there is a problem, right? I mean, it, it would be ridiculous to say that there, that there isn't a problem. Um, how you deal with that problem, of course, is, is, is an open question. And the current president is famous for his hugs, not bullets, um, uh, chat. Uh, so he's more interested in dealing with the social problems, the root and branch social problems that lead to young men going into cartels rather than, um, you know, I guess the kind of the militancy that stops the cartels affecting themselves. Um, but it does play, I, I don't think the U.S. can do anything about it particularly, but it definitely does play into the Trumpian narrative in terms of him, you know, threatening, um, closing the border, uh, and threatening um, military resources down into uh, into Mexico and uh, and so on. I mean, it's definitely not a foreign policy issue beyond the fact that the southern border is is a problem, uh, and it, it serves him to to multiply uh, in in the, in the public sphere the size of the problem for his own political benefit. Mm. It doesn't help the rhetoric either, does it, as sort of Donald Trump's talking of building borders and keeping the Mexicans out. To read stories like this doesn't help the situation, does it? Because you'll know yourself, you know, it paints Mexico in, in such a bad light. Yeah, and you just, I mean, I, I just heard you read out a breaking Iranian news story with a, with a tweet. I mean, um, there's not very much that is particularly helpful in, in terms of, you know, the, the vocal presence that comes out of the... Um, out of the current White House, it, it is important to contextualise that Mexico is is a massive uh, country of 120 million people. I mean, there are areas of Mexico that have a lower crime rate and murder rate than the UK, but for sure there is predominantly a cartel problem in in certain areas where you get a murder rate which then goes up to 60 times 
um, the rape that, that takes place in the UK and essentially there is no state intervention um, possible at all. But it is very, like the geography of it is very important in terms of what's going on in, yeah. in specific areas. And there's a much broader narrative that obviously Mexico isn't just cartels, it isn't just a problem on the border with, with the US, there's a, lot, there's a lot going on, but for sure that's what predominantly makes makes the news headlines and what is shouted about or spoken about into a microphone predominantly in a in a u.s political cycle mm. tell us why bolivia is expelling foreign diplomats what's going on there well this is an incident that took place on friday which is really interesting um in and of itself in in isolation but also harks back to um to the flawed election that led to evo morales uh leaving in exile actually to Mexico and then on to to Argentina. Essentially what, what is so taking place... So he's Bolivia's that, former president, isn't he? Exactly, okay. yeah, everyone is Bolivia's former president. Um, he managed to seek political asylum and left the country, but he's got 11 colleagues currently still holed up in the Mexican in the Mexico embassy in La Paz. Um, and Bolivia wants them on, wants to put them on, the new Bolivian authorities, new Bolivia interim political um, president, Janine Añez, who's of the right, wants to put them on trial publicly for on uh, sedition and rebellion. So she definitely doesn't want them to get out of the country. And then on, um, on Friday, two Spanish diplomats went into uh, apparently on a, you know, on a nominal visit, which didn't even have, depending on who you speak to, didn't even have anything to do with, uh, with the Bolivian um, politicians. Uh, but then because essentially the Mexican embassy in La Paz is under siege, according to the Mexican authorities, because they don't, the Bolivian uh, police don't want anybody coming in or out, there was a standoff essentially between the um, diplomatic license plated cars and special services from Spain who went to pick up the um, their politicians because the local police didn't allow them to get close to the embassy because they were worried that they were going to secrete out the... Um, the Bolivian, the Bolivian, Bolivian politicians. So there's a very uneasy physical standoff between these military and police mm-hmm. authorities, which led to to both uh, Bolivia and Spain expelling diplomats. Um, more recently, over the course of the last day, the EU has stepped in and made something of an uneasy peace. So Bolivia has been made has been making more ameliorative noises towards uh, reinitiating contact and relationships with. With Spain, but it was definitely a very tense standoff when nobody really knew what was going to take place and could very much have got. I mean, there were a lot of people with visible guns and there were a lot of people with not visible guns. Um, and in that kind of highly charged environment, uh, anything really could have could have gone down. What does the future hold for Bolivia? Well, hypothetically, elections in march and april is what the interim president has uh, has called for um she has no choice i mean that's what the interim um authority has to has to do she hasn't set a date which is a little troubling but we'll see wait and see whether she she will or not what is the the nightmare scenario there is that she finds some kind of reason to essentially say that the elections can't take place in March or April, maybe because there's a destabilized um, local situation or there's violence on the streets. And for 
for those kinds of reasons she can't allow the elections to go to go forward and essentially that would be a continuation of what some people regarded as the coup that mm. um, that expelled Evo Morales. The real hope is that the elections take place and then whoever wins out wins out and then Bolivia can actually take a step forward whichever side ends up winning at the at the polling booth um, but that's definitely not a done deal as we as we speak and in the meantime does it does it put the country in a state of flux are there concerns about the economy and the um and the outlook for citizens of the country yeah definitely and not just bolivia i mean the last few months have seen civic unrest right across latin america and i think that's that's something to watch out for over the course of the last over the course of the next year because not just has have there been demonstrations and riots right across latin america but importantly the people who've been demonstrating have recognized that they can actually affect change um, through their demonstrations. So I think this is going to run, run and run. I don't have the stats for, for Bolivia, but the Chilean economy, for, for example, in November um, shrank by 5% on the basis of what took place there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be looking at a similar figure for, for Bolivia. And uh, for a lot of countries which have significant poverty rates i mean this doesn't help no um anybody at all in terms of just getting getting bread on the table on a day-to-day basis yeah okay well i'm sure we'll hear much more from you in 2020 um about the goings-on in latin america and the complicated uh, politics over there as people are ousted as other people try to take control uh, john bonfiglia thank you very much latin american correspondent for talk radio john nice to talk to you take care, Kate. Alongside Latin America correspondent, if you want to follow the US election cycle or any other international election cycle, which may be of interest, we also take requests on Spotify. We're also on, I've forgotten it, what is it? Uh, Dropbox. No, not Dropbox, on Spotify. Spotify. Are we on Dropbox as well? Are we? Or is it SoundCloud? Wait, no, Spotify. Look, just forget all that stuff. Just Spotify. Follow Speakeasy Politics on Spotify. Say the name again. How hard can it be? Say the name again. Bye.